stuff. What will you do with the stuff you buy after you use it a hundred times? And where will it go when you throw it out? Where does garbage go? I was on the playground and I had a piece of candy. Welcome to episode 183 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, Martin and the Green Guitar stop by to talk all about environmental issues and what Martin is doing to help us build a sustainable future. Environmental issues are really important to lots and lots and lots of parents, and we do what we can to make our world a cleaner and greener place and i think that martin has a lot of information to share a lot of knowledge to give and i think that kids in particular will learn a lot of lessons from martin and from his music the song clip you just heard was called where does garbage go and it's from martin's brand new record called we are all connected and you can stay tuned all the way to the end to hear the full song where does garbage go now, uh, if you want to reach me because you think you got some good stuff, I'd love to hear from you. Mike at goodstuffpod.com. Thank you so much. If you want to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, look, I'm not going to stop you. I'm really not. Hope everyone has a great weekend and take some of these things that Martin teaches us about during the course of this interview and see if you can make some changes for your family to help us clean up our act, clean up our environment. Thank you for listening. Here is Martin and the Green Guitar. It is a uh, it's a great treat to welcome Martin from Martin and His Green Guitar to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you today, Martin? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, I'm excited to talk to you. I think that it, you are uh, you got a lot to say about some really, really, really important things. Um, and before we get into that, can you set the scene? Where are you location wise at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I was born and raised and still live currently in uh, Fremont, California, which is in the Bay Area of California, about uh, 15 minutes south of Oakland, about 45 minutes away from San Francisco. Got it. Uh, And I've lived here my whole life. Wow. Okay. So I was recently a Bay Area person. I lived there for about eight years. Um, I lived in Belmont, just over the, the bridge from you. Um, but we, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, but we've relocated to Houston, Texas and, um, everything that you can imagine being different between the Bay area and Houston, Texas is exactly as you would think. It's so, true. Some really interesting well, differences. I have a lot of friends that have moved to Texas and I, I can only imagine that you definitely upgraded your dwelling. My dwelling uh, has been upgraded for sure. <laughs> which is good for you. Well, That's- thank you. Thank you. Um, so so we could talk about the Bay Area all day, but I think yeah. importantly, what we should talk about is, well, is you and your project, Martin and his green guitar. So before we get into that, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your your backstory, whether it be musical or you know your your course of study, which I think has really brought everything together for you. Just give us a little bit of your background so we know where you're coming from. Definitely. Um, so I uh, was... I come from a very musical family and my uh, mom and my grand, my grandparents and um, my aunts and uncles, they all uh, play music in one form or another. Um, a lot of my uncles play guitar. And uh, so growing up, I was always around music and, and always had music going on in the house. And, uh, and it just so happens that a lot of my family members are also teachers. Uh, and so that is um, a good 
point to make when, as I'm growing up, I'm surrounded by talk about education and, and, and music constantly. Um, and as I grow up, I, I was in a bunch of rock bands and I uh, traveled across the country at one point uh, on, on a couple different tours and uh, wanted to be a kind of a rock star. And I wrote a couple EPs uh, self-titled under my own name, Martin Murray. And, uh, and, and, and traveled across the country. I was actually, I worked at for Outback Steakhouse for a long time. Uh-huh. And, uh, the really cool, a really cool part about working for them is that, um, their little computer system was the same across the country. And, and they had this really cool program, um, in the early two thousands that you could transfer to any Outback you wanted for any amount of time, as long as you kind of got the okay from the proprietor. And so I used that as, a really cool um, way to travel across the country and work in between the days that I could schedule gigs. And so at one point I scheduled about a two month long tour and went all across. I went to Austin, Texas and New Orleans and Washington DC and and, uh, Boston and New York. And, and, uh, and it was really cool. I'd stay for 10 days in each town and, um, and play two or three shows in the town. And then in, in between I would work and meet all these cool local servers who uh, were crazy nice to me and uh, supported everything we did. And I did that with my brother. My brother also worked um, at Outback. So we kind of did this little duo tour and wow. it was a lot of fun. Is your brother, um, your brother's a musician as well? Absolutely. Yeah. He kind of, he's young, three years younger than me and he kind of learned how to play guitar right around the same time, around 12 years old. And, uh, and we were in separate bands. Um, he was actually in a phenomenal ska band that opened for like a uh, real big fish. And, um, and, and he's, uh, on a separate path. Now he, he moved to Denver, Colorado, and he's actually a teacher, uh, uh coincidentally. Right. Or the, not. The, fam- uh, the family <laughs> business. I would say not a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> not a genetic. coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Seems genetic. Yes. But, um, but yeah. And so I've always kind of had it in the back of my head that I would be the, a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really pushing for music to make it work. Well, after the, I, I went on a, a Pacific Northwest tour at one point and, um, and it was, it was, uh, it was great, but I just wasn't, wasn't feeling like I was getting anywhere musically with my, it was, you know, acoustic kind of mellow rock. And so, and I had always wanted to get my degree. So I went back to college and, um, I love being outdoors. I love uh, the environment. And so I got, I started to study, um, study the earth and I wanted to get an environmental studies degree. So that's what I did. And after I, after I graduated, I, um, I took an internship right here in the Bay area, right in Richmond. Uh, and, uh, it was this really cool, um, nonprofit called the watershed project. And they, uh, kind of hired me to help uh, engineer and build these uh, um, oyster reefs. And they're recruiting native oysters back into the bay. Um, there's a song, there's a great song, uh, there's a really cool video to a song that I wrote for them that they commissioned for me, or that they commissioned me to write, called uh, Oyster Float Beside Me. You can find that on my website. Um, it's uh, it's the first kind of children's song that I wrote, but it's all about the project that we did. And, um, it kind of got, it kind of got the spark, the idea, uh, the people that I worked with were like, this is really good. And you could actually make a career out of this. And so it just so happened that while I'm doing that one year internship, um, I had, I had 
just recently been married and uh, we just had our first kid. So as I'm graduating, I have a little one-year-old. And so I've got this one-year-old who, you know, is my life and my world. And, um, you know, at the same time in my little, in my career, my educational career and my, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. I, um, I just started getting kind of these people who were telling me like, you can, you can write these children's songs and you can make money. You know, if you get, if you, if you play assemblies in schools, you can, you can actually make a career out of it. And so I kind of looked into it and there's not a lot of people. I still have not met too many people that do that play, um, assemblies. Um, there's a a lot of children's musicians, uh, children's musicians, but not a lot that write kind of educational content that is in the package of an assembly that you go and perform for students. Um, and so I would, I'd love to, in fact, if this pod, when this podcast is over or even during, if you want to shout out some names of people I should check out, if you know of any, you probably do. Um, I'd love to, to chat with more people that doing this. Sure. So I, I would say, I mean, as a small digression before we get back into, to what you're about, I think in the Bay Area, the Alphabet Rockers, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they are... Oh, I love them. Yeah, I love so them. They, I've been following them. I've reached out to, I think her name's Caitlin, and yeah. uh, we're supposed to go have coffee some, someday. Cool. And uh, But no, that, they're my idol. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, their message is amazing. I saw them do their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them do their thing. It's really good. So, okay. So we can talk more about that. I have a couple other suggestions yeah, for yeah, you, yeah, but, I, but they're yeah, local. I'd love, to, we could, I, I'd love to set up aside a whole hour of just talking about the Alphabet Rockers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, um, okay, so, uh, but so so all of this anyway, is coming. Just, just, yeah, yeah. just I wanted to finish up um, that uh, I just uh, eventually used all my aunts and uh, uncles and my mom. They are all teachers here in the Bay Area. And so I wrote this collection uh, a few years ago, uh, a collection of about 10 songs, and I just started kind of honing them on in these different areas on, on different students. Uh, just tried to see what worked, what was funny, what was uh, clever, what was also educational. And I tried to de- blend as best I could this project where that you could actually learn about the environment and the environmental issues of today. And also not really feel like you're, uh, you know, in a school setting that you're trying, that it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. So, so your message is environmental. That's what's that that's sort of the passion. That's the passion that drives what you do and to mix the, you know, it sounds like you, you brought three really important things that are important to you together, which is the music, the education and the environment. Um, so I think that that's a, as good a place to, to sort of launch into like what, what the music is about. Um, so when you're writing a song, you're not like writing about like, I guess the the question is, is your intention when you're writing a song to have it be part of the assembly, right? Like you're think, are you thinking like, how is this going to further the educational vision that you have when you are working with a group of students? Does that make sense? That's an, that's an excellent question. And I'll tell you when I, when I was writing these, uh, when I wrote this song, so I've, two albums that are essentially the same. They have almost the same songs on them. One's acoustic album, one's a full band. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was writing the 10 initial songs in my head, I had two things. I wanted it to, I wanted it to be a story because I also uh, have the um, plan to make them all into books uh, so that you could 
take the song and you can put it into a book form. And so I wanted it to be, you could start at the beginning of a song and kind of tell a story at the end. I also wanted to very clearly show what the environmental issue was. And yes, I definitely planned on singing these in front of students for the assembly. And I wanted it to kind of, I wanted some of them to be, to segue into others. And I wanted to bridge uh, the fact that we're all connected, that we all, uh, you know, need the earth to survive and we need to treat it with respect in order for the, you know, it to allow us to live a healthy life. And so I had all these themes, I had all these ideas. And then, but then uh, as I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, you go in with these grand plans of something or this project that you think is going to work so seamlessly. But then once you get in front of students, I learned completely different that my <laughs> writing style uh, needed to change. And, and so lately uh, I'm writing songs now for another CD that have much more to do that are, I think, a little shorter, a little bit more to the point and also involve the students much more. You can't just go up in front of a group of 400 students and sing at them uh -huh. because you're going to lose them and, and you're going to, um, no, no matter how good the music is, in my opinion, um, the students want to participate. They want to be involved. They want to, uh, you know, get up and dance. That's what, I think what, why the alphabet rockers are so awesome is that, you know, they're constantly getting them up and moving and dancing and, and involved. And that's, and that creates, uh, you know, a community feel and, a, and, a, and, the, and the fact that, and, a, an idea that we are all connected, that we're all, all doing this together. Mm -hmm. And so now lately I've been modifying the songs that are on the CD so that they're more call and response, that they're more rhythmic so that they can clap with me that, and stuff like that. Um, and so it's, it, I'm evolving as a children's songwriter specifically because I go, I play assemblies mostly as my shows. Uh -huh. And that's, a, it's an important, it's an important lesson, you know, to, uh, to be able to, to shift and be able to modify what you're doing, you know, um, especially with yeah. a message as big as yours and as broad as yours and as important as yours to, um, to be willing to make the change, right. To, to sort of whittle it down to, you know, the essence, I guess is, uh, it's yeah. only, it's only going to strengthen the message. It's only going to strengthen your performance. It's only going to strengthen the way that you connect. So I think that's a, yeah, important, and, and, and I, I, I'd love for the students to, to leave the assembly kind of excited and like f feel empowered. Like I can make this difference. I can, you know, and it can, it doesn't have to be this dreary thing. When you're talking about the environment, it's really hard to not get down <laughs> because right. a, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, 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 bad, for lack of a better word, bad right. things going on with the environment and how we've treated it in the last 100 to 200 years. And so, you know, my whole goal is to try and stay positive, not shame. And, you know, I'm not in it to, uh, you know, a lot of these environmentalists are, are very, uh, you know, shameful if you do this or if you eat meat or blah, blah, blah. And um, it's, I, I don't want to ever shame anyone, but I just want to say like, look, this, these are better options or there is a better way this, you know, you can do this and this will save yeah. that much water and stuff like that. So, so I, a question for you, and I'm going to try to ask this in a way that doesn't, you know, the idea of shaming, right? Like I'm not, I don't want to yeah. shame any, um, shame anyone who, you know, it just is it where, where environmental issues are not part of the everyday conversation. So like what I mean is we just, and this is like fascinating to me. We just relocated from, um, 
from the Bay Area to Houston, as I mentioned. And when we were in the Bay Area, we were composting like everything, like all of our food scraps, like plates, you know, like and and it felt good. Um, Yeah. And since we've moved here, we are we recycle a ton. Right. But there's no compost per se. There's no like food bin. There's no food bin. Um, So I guess like I'm not asking like. Um, this is not a compost specific question, but, and this is a big question. And we, and I, I know that the, a lot of this like can, can bring out the heat, right? <laughs> like people get really fired yeah. up about this stuff, but for you, what, what are like the, the really important burning environmental issues that you think are easy to not necessarily fix, but to make an impact on? Um, oh, that's actually an excellent question. Um, and what I what I focus on in my own life, in my own life, and I think the biggest thing for for Americans maybe, is is what we eat. Um, and I focus on that, and and I try I, I try to not be uh, shameful to the kids or anything like that. But I have a really cool game that I play with them, and. Uh, the, and I'm not, and I'll tell you right now that I am not a vegetarian, although I should be for the amount <laughs> I know and how bad I know meat is for meat production and how we do it in this country, how bad it is for the environment. Um, I still have just grown up eating meat. And so I try to eat it sparsely. Okay. Um, with that being said, I definitely try to show like eating red meat versus even chicken. If you just ate more chicken rather than red meat, um, you could like, you know, it's a different, it's, it's almost the equivalent of taking a car off the road for a year. You know, like if you just cut out a few steak diets or steak meals in a week. Um, and so uh, I, little things like that, that, um, are, are huge for me. And they're the biggest struggles, I guess. Everything else I, I do uh, pretty good. You know, I conserve a lot of water at the house. I, you know, electricity wise, I'm really low, uh, comparatively to any other homes, uh, similar to my size. So I think all the other things are just, they come easier and they're easier fixes. Uh, and they, you don't have to think about as much personally for myself. I have to constantly remind myself like, no, don't eat that cheeseburger. You know, like there's other, there's alternatives that are just as health or healthier and better for the environment and better for you. Right. So. I would say that's the, that's the biggest one. And, and, uh-huh. and what I, the, the biggest thing I try to do is, is give the students and the kids that are listening to my music um, options, right? Because there's not a lot of things that kids can choose. Like they can't choose whether or not they're going to eat red meat. Like, you know, if their family's eating red meat for the night, for the night, I don't want them to sit there and, and not eat steak. But there's other things that they could see and just think, that they can put say like you know don't ask for straws straws are a big deal in the straws news right are, now you know yeah. a lot of places are banning straws and and and, and it's kind of a no-brainer these um single-use plastics and stuff need to uh we need to stop using them uh, we've used them for too long and and i talk about the big pacific garbage patch a lot in my show and uh which is i'm sure you're familiar but there's a big you know plastic right. garbage patch in the ocean and so um I, you know, I, I do point out like, you know, if you're at a restaurant, you don't need to use a straw. It's very easy to just sip out of a glass and imagine if every student in this, you know, assembly didn't use straws all week long, how many, you know, I try to show the collective impact 
in just one school if we just stopped for a week? How many straws would we save? You know, mm-hmm. because anyone can make the argument that you know, oh, if I just used a straw, what's the big deal? It's a small little plastic straw, but so. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if I'm going on a tangent, but there are so many there's so many different environmental issues that uh, I think are important. But the the ones that I try to tackle with the kids the most are um, what what you eat, each you know what they that they're aware that vegetables and fruits are some of the healthiest things they can eat, um, and to not use plastic as much as possible. Also, I have a song called "I Don't Need Much," which is just kind of uh, uh, you know not so consumer driven uh, to not have such a consumer driven mind um and that they can be happy without a whole room full of toys and and junk right well getting people outside is hugely important i think the um it's it's interesting right so i was in the bay area and you were there too when the plastic bag yeah. ban happened and it, yeah. and it and it's just seems so obvious right and and the the plastic straws thing i hadn't even you know like it's that is that's like risen really fast in terms of like a correctable thing and i had no idea but you know now you know when i'm with my kids we really try hard not to not to do you know not to use them um just because that again like as you said it's a uh fairly easy, um, a fairly easy way to feel like you're making a difference. So you mentioned fruits and veggies, which, which, uh, brings us to the music, right? So that your, your brand new record, um, and there's a a song on there called fruits and veggies, which is like, you know, fruits and veggies are important. Um, if I, if I asked you sort of, uh, to give me your favorite fruit and or vegetable that you think are <laughs> delicious, what would they be? And maybe some people will be oh, inspired yeah. to, to try them out. Yeah. So I, I, man, I, I love watermelon. I love blueberries. Uh-huh. So I had to, I, I had to, uh, include both those in the song uh-huh. and, um, and vegetables. Oh man. I'd probably say my favorite vegetable is, uh, um, Oh man, maybe <laughs> zucchini. I really like zucchini. My wife makes really good zucchini. Or, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's um... I, I. I I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to have a wife that uh, cooks amazing, like the most amazing food I've ever had. Uh-huh. So she can she can dish up just about anything. I I hate beets, but I'm sure she could make a dish with beets that would be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, tolerable for me. <laughs> well, I yeah, I think that's fair. Beats are not, you know, yeah. I, I'm not sure wh- why they're around. Like, there's no need. We don't need them. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so I just want to ask you about a few of the songs. I mean, a lot of them are, um, you know, the whole record. You know, I'm talking about your brand new record, which is called We Are All Connected. And, um, you know, there's a song on there, which is getting at sort of the, the issue of plastic that, that you and I were talking about in a way, but it's called, where does garbage go? Um, which I think is like really, um, it's an important concept and an important thing for kids to maybe not understand, but to at least know that like when they throw something away, like it goes somewhere and like, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about that song. Yeah, um, that's exactly uh, how I preface it, and I and this is the song that I talked about the Pacific Garbage Patch um, uh, at some length in the assembly. But I definitely preface it with like, um, you know, you know what I learned in school is I learned that uh, you know adults have just been throwing garbage away at a at a crazy rate, 
And sometimes what happens is we throw it in spots that, you know, uh, they, where they don't belong and we don't think it's a big deal, but it washes down into a creek and it washes down into a bay and then it flows out into the ocean and it all accumulates in one big spot. And, um, and then, you know, and, and what's crazy to me is I'm talking sometimes to fifth graders, sixth graders, and they've never heard of this. And, uh, and so then I, you know, I almost always ask the whole assembly, it's 400 students, sometimes 500 students. And I say, does anyone know how big it is? And some, and one, once in a great while, a student will be very aware of how big it is, but almost never uh, does a student realize how big. And so I'll say, you know, raise your hand if you think it's as big as this assembly room. And then you see a few hands start up. And then I say as big, how, you know, raise your hand if you think it's as big as this whole school. And then some hands come down or, you know, they're timid and they don't, they don't think it's that big. And so then when I say, well, the truth is, it's actually double the size of the state we're in, California. It's double that size. There's so much garbage, and you know, there's a big gasp, and they don't realize. And I'm surprised that they don't talk about this more in any kind of a science class or something, because it is such a glaring issue mm-hmm. that needs to be um, addressed, and uh, and 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 can be addressed in in children's lives. They can be aware that the plastic they use and, and throwing stuff out so frequently is not a good thing. Um, and so um, I, I actually really love being the one sometimes that introduces the idea of, of, of and, and that I'm telling these stories that are about recycling, reducing, reusing, you know, because everyone's heard that every school I go to, they've all heard recycle, reduce, reuse. They've, and, and, and so I didn't want to write a song that just said recycle, reduce, reuse. I wanted to tell, you know, and, and, and I have three separate small stories in that song that are real quick, but that are to the point and that show, re, you know, recycle what you can, um, refuse plastics if you can, and reduce the amount of waste that you put into the ocean yeah. because it has consequences. And I show real quick and, you know, that there's consequences in each of those small stories in the song. Nice. And so I, I hope... My, my intention is that it has a more lasting impact in some of these young minds um, yeah. when they think or when they hear like, oh, if I throw this garbage on the ground, a dog might come and eat it and cho- start choking, right. you know, yeah, or that's... if I throw this plastic bottle on the ground, you know, it might end up in the ocean and start hurting otters. Like, you know, I want them to make that connection yeah. rather than just like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm going to throw it away. Right. I'll recycle next time. Right. So, so tell me, so maybe, I mean, I know it's hard to choose, right? Because, you know, you have 11 really good songs on here on this new record, but what's another yeah. one that you think that, that maybe you're really proud of, or you think that the message is really strong and really clear and that kids really relate <laughs> to? Oh man. Um, I, I really like, I I think the one that the kids, um, have the best reaction to, and I think, and that may have uh, a lasting impact is the McCrickets. Um, it's, but it's about eating, um, it's about eating bugs. (laughs) But so I, 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 you know, I preface it with the fact that, you know, not all meats, because earlier in the assembly, usually we talk about how eating meats uh, are not as healthy for the earth as eating fruits and vegetables. So eat as many fruits and vegetables as you want. And then I, uh, and then I talk about the fact that humans for thousands of years have uh, have found subsistence through bugs and eating cooked bugs. 
and it's only in, uh, in, and, and it's still prevalent in some countries today. Um, I actually had this great, uh, uh, this great experience at a school I was playing last school year where I was singing the song about McCrickets and how scientists think that in the future, a lot of our protein and meat is going to come from bugs because it's a very sustainable meat source. Uh, you know, it takes only one gallon per pound of meat created versus cow meat, which, you know, is about 500 gallons of water, sometimes wow. more per pound. Oh, and man. so as I'm, <laughs> as I'm explaining this, no, yeah, it's, it, it's insane. Um, yeah. how much, how much healthier bug meat is rather to, to, to other forms of meat. But so as I'm explaining all this, I have a science teacher, um, run up from behind, from the very back of the, of the room. She runs up and she runs up on stage and that middle of the show. And she just says, and she's a African-American woman uh, who is from Africa. She's got a very thick accent from a, from a country in Africa that I could not identify, uh-huh. but, um, she says, and, and, and it's, it was an amazing teaching experience for her and the students and, and for me. And she was like, well, no, I grew up in a small African village and, um, she said that, you know, until she was 17, she would go out and she would collect bugs and she would bring them back home and she would help her mother cook them and then they would eat them. And the kids are all grossed out by it. Right. But, (laughs) but it was so incredible to hear that it's like, it's not, it's only gross because we've made it not acceptable in our culture, but in many other cultures and for thousands of years in cultures around the world, it is, it was a completely viable and, and logical food source. And so um, I love singing that song to the kids. The kids have a great response. I usually bring some kind of a food that we then ask if the teachers are brave enough to come up and try. And, uh, and just, I, I love introducing that idea just so that they can maybe expand their mind and, and be more willing to try, uh, different food sources in, in, in the future, because adults won't try anything. It's really hard for me to get any teachers on board with my bug message. (laughs) But, uh, but, but I would say that's my favorite one to sing. It's my favorite one to see the reaction of the kids. And obviously in my song, I kind of take it to an extreme and I try to kind of make it sound gross for the fun factor. Um, um, but but uh, but by the end of the song, all the students are are willing to try uh, the the cricket chips that I bring, and uh, it sometimes is like pulling teeth trying to get the teachers to try it. <laughs> well, there's got to be one in every crowd that's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it oh, for yeah. the children. Definitely. No, yeah. There's some schools <laughs> all the teachers will do them. Some none of them will. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's 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 funny. Yeah. So okay, I was gonna ask like so. Martin, like, let's put, let's put your money where your mouth is. Have you eaten bugs? But I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Yeah. So my kids actually love when I get home from an assembly because I usually open up this little cricket chips bag. Um, there's a really cool company out of San Francisco called Chirps and they started this company and, and they make, um, uh, uh chips, uh, like regular tortilla chips, but with uh, cricket powder. And so there's a bug, there's a cricket in every bug and, or a cricket in every chip. And um, they're really good. They're really tasty. And they're a really good way for me. Uh, first, they're portable. And they're a really good yeah. way for me to kind of bring them to the show. And the, it's a really good introduction for anyone who's never eaten a bug to try it. You know, like I, I wouldn't go out and just bring raw or like, you know, cooked crickets. Right. I don't think that would be 
very uh, approachable. Right. Uh, but so these these are a really good way for me to kind of show like, oh no, this is you know it's possible to make a chip that tastes just like a chip that you eat, except it's got you know different ingredients that are healthier for the earth. Right. There's there's definitely and, and healthy for your body. Right. There's definitely like a, a level of like relearning i think you know when it comes to i think it's a lot easier to get kids on board with that with that idea i think that um and i'm sure you've seen you know you mentioned it right like it's hard you know is there going to be a teacher to volunteer like we have a mental picture in our minds as adults that like this is not something that you eat but i i mean right this is not the first i've heard of it but i think it's such a fascinating thing to bring to kids um and and i bet the reaction is you know I imagine there was a, you were a little surprised the first time when they were like, yeah, let's do it. I'm eating all the bugs, but yeah. you know, no, which, I, I'm, I'm always amazed at how willing the kids are like, Oh yeah. Bugs. Yeah. Like bring it, put it on my plate. <laughs> and I can't usually, you know, I, I don't, I don't feed the kids and I never let them try them just because I don't want any parents coming up and being like, I can't believe you fed my kids. Bugs. Right. Right. And so, but, 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 but yeah, the response is always, oh yeah, I'm totally willing to try. And so it's, it's, it's reassuring and, and hopeful that then, you know, maybe down the road they're like, oh yeah, I will try a cricket burger. Like, why not? Yeah. What's, what's wrong with that? You know? And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I will, I will say, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm personally trying to keep a very open mind and like not let my, yeah. uh, my preconceived ideas like win out when, no, when it's, he, it's hard know? for myself. I, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm singing the songs. I wrote the song and I still, <laughs> if you put a cricket burger in front of me and you put one with made from cow meat. Yeah. My inclination, my, in, and my, my, all my desires are going to want to eat that cow burger. But, yeah. um, the, the cool part and what I explain, you know, is that, with uh, with the technologies that we have and and with the and, and how people are processing food, it's 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 going to come to a point when it's almost in, uh, indiscernible um, where what which burger is the the you know cow meat and which burger is the cricket meat. They're they're making amazing things. I I, I don't know if you've tried that Beyond Burger or the they, the plant uh, burgers that they're making now that right, really the, bleed the, with the beet juice and everything. Yeah, the Impossible but, Burger. Um, right. Right. Yeah. impossible burger yeah those yeah. those things those are uh, i mean they're pretty incredible uh, they're not you know they're not identical but uh it's pretty incredible what they can do with just plant protein rather than uh cow protein and how much better it is for the earth yeah uh, than than if you use uh, traditional yeah meat raising practices really really interesting really fascinating um so yeah. we've covered a lot of ground here and and uh i think i yeah i want to i want to point people again towards the brand new record we are all connected it's um you know and to, i want to encourage educators who may be listening to uh to reach out to you i think that you bring a lot to the table in terms of having this breadth of experience and ability to transmit the information and to to get the uh to get the the, the assemblies going and you know like bay area represent but yeah. like i think it's important to expand the reach too because the Bay Area is is this sort of like you know, talk a lot about a bubble. Um, people in the Bay Area tend to be um, not more aware, but just more. Uh, it's just a natural part of the fabric of the Bay Area to be concerned about these environmental issues. And you know, I think that there's it, it's equally important to to spread it around. So I, I hope that uh, that's something that that I can help you do with this with this podcast. So um, oh yeah, that that would be great. Nice. I'll tell you, a lot of times I play to schools, schools will hire me, and I'm looking around and they have a community garden and they already have like a green team that recycles all their garbage and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, 
I'm preaching here to the converted, you know, and right. of course I'll take the gig, but, but, uh, but yeah, I would love to, I would love to reach as many students as I can. And some students who these are all, you know, first, the first time they've heard of some of these, uh, environmental issues right and so yeah i would love to, i'd love to get outside of this little bay area bubble eventually nice. nice so let's um so i guess how can people find you and follow you and keep up with you and all of those kinds of things like social media website etc yeah so the best the best uh spot that like the hub the main place that you could go would be my website martin and the green guitar.com and uh, you could find anything and everything uh involved with my project uh there um, as far as, uh, social media, you can find me on just about anything. I'm on, um, uh, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, Twitter and YouTube. I have my YouTube channel, Martin and the green guitar, and, uh, all my music is up there for free. I record videos every week. Um, sometimes I do little dad jokes, uh, environmental <laughs> dad jokes with my kids. Uh, sometimes I'm recording songs from the album. Sometimes I'll put up new songs that I'm recording on the YouTube channel and, uh, and yeah, I try to be as present as possible online. Nice. And, okay. uh, engaging with my fans and stuff as much as possible. Great. Well, um, hopefully, uh, well, you got a new one here today in, in me and, and my family. Yeah, so that. that's awesome. And, um, I want to thank you again for taking the time and uh, really fascinating stuff that you're doing really interesting and, uh, hope, hope to, we can talk again sometime soon. Pretty fascinating, pretty interesting, pretty eye-opening, pretty mind-blowing, some of the things that Martin teaches us about during that conversation. I also need to say that at the very beginning, the part that did not get recorded, I asked him how he wanted to refer to his project, and he said it's Martin and the Green Guitar, and I immediately did not hear that entirely and called it Martin and his green guitar. So Martin, sorry about that. It is Martin and the green guitar and you're doing big things and really touching on issues that are extremely important. Now here is Martin and the green guitars full song. Where does garbage go? Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. What will you do with the stuff you buy after you use it a hundred times? And where will it go when you throw it out? Where does garbage go? I had a little train I used to play with as a baby. Now I'm getting bigger and the train is not so fun. In the garbage can I put the train my daddy gave me. When he saw it in there, he said, listen to me, son. What's in that garbage can will only end up in a landfill. A big, stinky mountain that's made out of garbage. Maybe we can find another baby who will use the train a hundred times more. What will you do? candy. I opened up the wrapper and I threw it on the ground. The candy was delicious. I was swinging and so happy until I heard a puppy start to make a choking sound. The puppy, he was choking on a tiny little wrapper that I just thrown down. Maybe next time I will put the wrapper in my pocket and 
Till the trash cans around What will you do with the stuff you buy After you use it a hundred times And where will it go when you throw it out Where does garbage go I was swimming in the ocean when I saw a little otter I swam right over to him and I shook his little hand in his other paw, the otter held a plastic bottle He looked at me with crying eyes and said, please understand These plastic bottles humans use, they end up in our oceans Hurt all our friends Maybe you can find another way to drink your water That uses less garbage What will you do? Stuff.